Welcome to Hit Subscribe, a podcast by Recharge designed to educate, inspire, and connect the subscription commerce space. On today's episode, we chat with Jeremy Levine from Maze Group. We dive into Jeremy's history in e-commerce with enterprise scale retailers and how scaling has changed significantly over the last several years. We also talk about how Maze helps brands modernize their approach to commerce and how their specific intake process allows them to get to the heart of what brands need to really grow and scale. So let's get started. The Maze Group is a consulting and agency. Um, We help our clients transform their digital operations. We do everything from acquisition, conversion rate optimization, and retention and CRM programs, uh, as well as your uh, uh, system integrator type uh, implementation, uh, technology implications, platforms like Shopify Plus, Salesforce Commerce Cloud, uh, CDPs, email service providers, it, it runs the gamut. And, you know, our organization, uh, it, it really uh, distinguishes itself because the majority of our practitioners come from the client side. Uh, we do, we have, a, we have a nice balance and diversity of backgrounds in our organization, uh, some from uh, the consulting and agency side, uh, most from uh, the retailer side. So uh, we, we take a lot of pride in, in the empathy that we have uh, for our clients because we've been in their seats. We know how those you know Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning business review meetings go. Uh, we understand the challenges that our clients are facing in ever-changing digital world. And we treat each of our clients as if it's our own business. And so uh, our approach to working with our clients is, is vastly different than the agencies and, and consulting firms that I've hired throughout my career. And uh, it, it, our clients value that and, and our team values that kind of relationship with our clients. I love to hear you say that the empathy piece is so huge and that was, that's what distinguishes you from other agencies. It's something we see lacking in a handful of agencies and and part of maybe the reason why they don't scale as fast as they want to, because they don't have that client side. They don't understand, you know, they just think we're on this, this agency side, we're just here to help build and grow and all that. There's no empathy for what actually is on the other side, but that's actually a really good place to start. Cause I know that you have a really long, interesting history in e-commerce. Um, give us a little bit of history about that and kind of things you've seen change over, over time. Yeah, it's been it's been quite incredible, actually, the past, you know, call it two to three years. Um, You know, I've I've my career in in big enterprise, large scale retailers building on either uh, custom technology or these massive uh, software packages that require uh, tons of people just to keep the lights on 
whether it's infrastructure or just the day-to-day running of the business, uh, it made it really difficult to scale. It made it really difficult to focus on the things that are going to move the business because so much of our resources were spent on, you know, bug fixes and day-to-day and things like that. It really becomes, I think, defeating to to teams at some point. And the new generation of technology, um, it actually took me a while to believe uh, in the promise that it wasn't marketing hype, that you really could uh, stand up a new e-commerce site in three months and you can add in these partners with a handful of clicks and you didn't have to worry about the stability and the integration. Um, and uh, I think we see that quite often with some of our larger clients coming from those you know, bespoke enterprise scale, you know, historically enterprise scale platforms. Um, they're just not ready. They're not prepared for the dramatic you know, cultural shift, uh, the kinds of resources you need to operate what you're on today versus what you need tomorrow. And there really has been a seismic shift uh, where instead of you know, meeting a team of developers and infrastructure teams, you really allow your marketers and merchants to focus on driving the business. And that's always been the goal of anybody running uh, e-commerce or digital retail in any way is how do we do the things that are going to make our customers have a better experience, allow us to feature our products faster in a more immersive way. How do we improve uh, options around checkout and, and how do we provide more personalized experiences? All of those were things that you just talk about endlessly. And it was so hard to ever catch up to that roadmap. And today it's, it's the simplicity of it is incredible. And, even in this world of third-party apps, uh, they're working together to integrate amongst each other so that the, all of the data that's flowing within any particular system can be shared across others. And so you're able to really create these advanced automation and personalization experiences that you know, were you know, always the dream but never really attainable because of the level of effort it would have taken. And so it's really unlocking incredible opportunities uh, for, you know, smaller than enterprise type organizations for a startup company, a a small company, you know, wanting to grow. Um, Again, they can invest their resources, you know, people, time, effort, dollars in the things that are going to drive their business and increase their sales rather than the day-to-day activities that typically consume those resources. It's a phenomenal point because there's so much conversation, especially in e-commerce right now with the pandemic going on, everyone's online, that everything needs to be connected. That doesn't matter where your your storefront is or what platform you're on, everything has to be connected. It's got to be seamless there's not a lot of conversation about that same thing happening on the platform side. So you're saying, you know, integrations need to work together and tech partners need to work together and the platforms need to communicate and all this stuff. That's an equally important piece of that, that we're actually seeing grow now. So I guess the kind of question is how, how important is it to choose software and choose platforms that do work together? So that's that experience maintains the, the seamless piece of it. 
it's become extremely important. And I think it's um, because the platforms themselves have become so much easier to manage on a day-to-day basis, it's really feasible and easy to test things, right? So not even just test a hypothesis, but test a new technology, test a new partner. Um, And it's not, you know, six months of work to implement a new partner and then you sign a three-year agreement um, and you you sign away your firstborn child. Now it's- You hope the technology works throughout the whole process and maybe something breaks and- Yeah, and you have to spend months getting your team up to speed, right? And and those, those team members have eight other jobs to do. And um, now because of the ease of integration, the low cost of entry, it's, it's really quite easy to say, oh, let's give these guys a shot, right? Let's give this technology a shot. Let's see what happens. Let's see if culturally we can figure out how to use it. Uh, do we, can we measure the impact to our business? Um, what kind of resources will it take from our team in order to actually utilize it? And you can figure that stuff out extremely rapidly. You know, this promise of test and learn or fail fast or however you want to refer to it. Um, you know, it was like this big idea, right? CEOs would hear about it and go, let's fail fast, right? Uh, I had a CEO that said, let's fail cheap, right? Which is, you know, sort of same <laughs> mindset. Uh, but it was really hard to do, right? Like it, there was nothing cheap in a big enterprise software world um it it was not nothing was inexpensive nothing was fast um so so that promise uh, or that concept was really difficult to do unless you were in an organization that uh you know was a sort of software development uh you know uh uh, mindset and, and they had that approach to things um if you were in a more traditional retailer um that just near impossible to do something like that. And today it's very easy. And one of the things we do with our clients is, you know, take this, uh, you know, agile approach, right? A lot of people talk about agile and and what that means in a software development uh, methodology. We sort of approach all of our engagements in that way, right? We, we have a hypothesis, right? The, the client has a hypothesis. We have a hypothesis. Let's test those out. Um, and the ability to execute tests and learn and adjust, um, is so easy now that everything we do, whether it's, you know, acquisition, uh, conversion rate optimization, our acquisition programs that we build for our, our clients, um, any features and functionality, the, the ability to test those things rapidly, learn very quickly and adjust to them has just gotten so easy. It doesn't take a team of developers and hundreds of thousands of dollars and months worth of work. It could be done really, really rapidly. And, and so that, that promise and, and that mindset of, of test and learn or, or fail fast or and definitely fail cheap now, um, you know, has come to fruition, assuming you have the right technology stack, the right partners, the right tools. Um, and I think as a, you know, former lifelong retailer, this is, you know, this was my dream to be able to do these things this quickly, um, this effectively, uh, 
it doesn't get much better, you know, and, and as I assume as time passes, it's going to get even, uh, uh, you know, higher level of functionalities at a lower cost at a quicker pace uh, as, as organizations and tools start to adapt more machine learning and AI and have comfort that those things are actually going to improve their business. Um, you know, the, the, the ideas and the, and the vision you start to see for the future is, is really quite incredible. Who would have thought that learning through middle and high school about the scientific method that that directly translates to e-commerce in 2021? Who would have thought? <laughs> Absolutely. I have, a, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler and they come home and I say, look, there's like a practical application for some of this stuff that you're actually learning. Um, yeah. I, and, I think you hit the nail on the head though. It's it's spot on. You you have your hypothesis, you work through your, your statements and you work through what you're trying to figure out quickly and cheaply as much as possible. You get to this point where there's actual results and data where you can analyze and make change because ultimately that's that's what you're looking for. If things aren't working, if things aren't scaling, whatever it ends up being, that's that's what you're trying to get to is test something, figure out the results, and then implement it. Absolutely, and and it also allows you to have um, a more holistic view of your business um, because what you start to see is if you can reallocate your resources from keeping the lights on to moving your business forward. You can test and learn quickly. Um, small optimizations lift other areas of the business, right? So if you can improve your conversion rate, you know, by some degree, it improves, uh, you know, your cost per acquisition. It improves, um, you know, it, it starts to improve other uh, KPIs of your business. Um, and, and sometimes again, when, when you look at some of these, you know, legacy retailers, things really start to get siloed and it's difficult to take that holistic view of if we improve our add to cart rate by X, it actually is going to help our retention teams and it's going to help our acquisition teams. It's going to lower their total cost of, of running their particular areas, um, and then it provides more dollars to do some of the other things. And as the organization grows larger, it becomes harder and harder for those teams sort of cross-functionally uh, to leverage each other. And there's a battle for resources. There's a battle for funding. And what that sometimes leads to is a focus on, you know, I think what we would say would be the wrong KPIs, right? Um, historically, um, you know, there, you know, KPIs like return on ad spend, let's say. Um, it, it's it's sometimes a necessary evil within organizations to prove that the money the marketing team is spending is actually driving results. And that's important for the finance team. It's important for your boss on your review. It's important, uh, you know, to explain uh, what can be relatively complex foundational ideas to people who maybe don't have that foundation. But as your business starts to scale, right? As you either reach a point where you were growing rapidly and you've plateaued, um, and, and how do you get to the next level? The KPIs that you should be measuring really need to evolve. Um, and, and so what you start to see is return on ad spend is a metric you know, I, I hate to pick on return on ad spend. It's just one of my least favorite KPIs. Seems to be a consistent um, theme. <laughs> right. I can show a huge return on ad spend if I reduce my spend, 
right? It's you know, the, the, the math will make that number higher. Great. Right. So is a 20X return on ad spend a good number? No, it's a terrible number. Um, is a 2X return on ad spend a good number? I don't know. Maybe. What we uh, try to get our clients to focus on or our KPIs like lifetime value, right? And again, historically, it was sort of difficult for companies to track and measure those kinds of metrics. And the new technology platforms uh, really are built around those concepts and make it much easier uh, to not only report on those kinds of KPIs, but to optimize around those KPIs. So you can start to look at the, your tactics and really focus on the different parts of the funnel uh, in order to drive the appropriate KPIs, right? So at the top of the funnel, you're talking about acquisition. If I was in PR and I said, you know, we got 3 million impressions on this story we did, the CEO would be super excited about it. What we don't say is, hey, I got 3 million impressions from this, you know, AdWords campaign or, or this, you know, Facebook campaign. We don't, we don't really talk about the value of that, right? Um, but it's the same type of value as if you were to say, I got this many impressions from a PR campaign. Totally. And so, um, you know, really, uh, I think socializing the different phases of customer acquisition and retention, what the appropriate KPIs are for each of those stages. And then, again, going back to this like holistic view, how, how, do, you, um, how do you build and prioritize uh, your, your resources so that what you're going to do impacts all of those phases, all of those steps in the funnel, um, so that the, the the net net of it is exponentially better than if I'm just focusing on one little area, right? So we work with our clients to, to really, um, you know, I think build the right foundation and some of that foundation is education, not necessarily to our sort of day-to-day -day contacts who, who understand this because they're in this world. But when you look, when you think about a, a leadership team who, doesn't necessarily come from digital and some of these terms and concepts are new, it's important to take them through and help build a foundation so that they understand what's really important, right? And not focus on some buzzwords, uh, not focus on you know, what they heard at a, at a dinner or a cocktail party from somebody, but really understand these are the foundational ideas you need to build your business. And this is how we should be measuring and that um, all of these things linked together provide exponential value. And you know that takes work to do. As somebody who came from the retail side, I know how difficult that is to do within the organization. Um, and uh, it, it takes time, it takes process, it takes some level of governance, which is a term I used to hate, uh, but uh, becomes extremely important to the success of you know, the digital leaders within the organization, knowing that the majority of the people who surround you in the company um, probably don't have that digital background. And the more um, you could help educate them, build this, this foundation of knowledge, um, the more likely it is that, you know, people outside of, of that sort of digital circle are going to come with 
their own hypothesis, right? And say, all right, have we ever thought about trying this or doing this? And, and now you now they understand how we measure that and how we work through this. And that is what drives innovation, right? That's how you get your company to become innovative and really start to think about test and learn, right? And some of the greatest ideas come from those who are outside of that digital, you know, team because they're not uh, they're not boxed in by by the things that they feel like may or may not work or things that have been tried before but have not you know been successful and then that process continues then you have everybody Forever. empowered to continue doing the same thing and thinking outside the box and pushing boundaries and learning what works and what doesn't and they have their hypothesis and you keep moving yeah, exactly and, and it sounds a little you know it gets a little bit corny sounding at sometimes right because you know oh, these people, are my favorite lines let's see what you yeah, got all these, all these terms, right? We throw around, and they and they sound a little hokey, but um, but the reality is, when technology becomes an enabler of your growth and not a blocker to your growth, it, it becomes a, a whole different game, right? And um, when you could unleash those opportunities in your organization. It changes how people think about everything they're doing, from from marketing to customer experience to you know an online offline type conversation, um, and you know it, it used to be a lot of talk, and now the ability to actually do those things has become just uh, so much easier um, and so much more cost effective that you know you don't have to sacrifice. The, you know, the life of your company in order to try some of these initiatives. And that's really exciting. So you're leading me right where I want to talk to next. We, we've covered kind of a lot of historical, what you've seen in the past. We've talked through a lot of kind of the problems of kind of being stuck in, in a past era or these kind of, you know, bespoke enterprise companies who are, are stuck with what they're doing, focusing on keeping the lights on. Um, talked about kind of how your onboarding process and your scoping process allows you to kind of pick the right platform, figure out what technology you're using, all that kind of stuff. So the next logical step to go to is once you hit a point where you start to scale a little bit and once brands can start to see some money coming in, they start to see things working and all of a sudden they kind of plateau because it's all happens with a lot of brands. Rarely do you come in and you just kind of scale to a million really, really quickly. So, so how does, what do you see in this, these kind of stuck scalers? How does that uh, kind of play into your business model at Miz? And then how do you kind of unlock the potential to keep growing and keep scaling? Is it technology based? Is it process based? Is there more of this kind of, process of Q&A, how does, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we have a lot of clients who, who fit into, you know, that almost that stuck scalar model, right? We've gotten to 10 million or 25 or 50. Um, and we've done it because our product is great, right? Our people are smart. Uh, uh, our brand is strong. Um, but how do we get to that next level, right? How do we really explode? And, you know, we really start in, you know, a, a traditional discovery process, right? Any, any consulting firm or agency will typically start with a discovery firm, uh, discovery uh, uh, process. And what we really try to get out of that process is not what do you want, but why do you want it, right? Where... What is the driver of this? Are there specific brand goals, product goals? Is, are there audiences you've had trouble reaching? How do you think about the opportunity, right? Don't tell me you want the homepage to be blue. That's not, that's not helpful, right? Why do you want it to be blue, right? We want it to be blue because 
all of our customers love blue, right? We did all this market research and everybody loves blue. Uh, we really want to understand the whys. And we also want to understand your culture as an organization, right? Uh, we really believe that a technology solution, uh, as important as the requirements that we gather, your corporate culture uh, is just as important to whether or not you're going to be able to adapt to certain kinds of technology. Are you, do you have a software technology mindset? Do you understand what it takes to do that, right? Yes, we have a whole bunch of developers. We understand infrastructure. We understand, um, you know, the costs associated with these things. We understand what it means to speed to market and all of those. And then you have others who are, you know, no, we're retailers, right? That's what we do. Like technology is a facilitator of how we go to market and understanding, you know, where, your organization sits in that spectrum is really important to help find the right software match. Because if your company can't use it, it's worthless, right? So like if you bought a Ferrari, but you don't know how to drive stick, right? It's not that much fun, right? Um, so we wanna make sure that you, you'll understand and you'll be able to take advantage of the technology that you've chosen or that the level of investment in any, any particular area is in line with the opportunity. Um, you know, our, the majority of our engagements are typically start out as, you know, four or five month engagements, because what we want to do is get the client started, get them, get, get something built that works well, teach their internal team how to use these tools that we've built for them, and then go and tackle the next big thing. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, because we're able to look uh, more holistically at the organization than somebody within it often, um, we can, you know, we'll often start down one path and uncover something else. And because we do take this agile approach with our clients, we often set out down uh, a, a direction based upon what we've learned uh, during discovery initially, or based on what the client has asked us to do as part of this engagement. But when we start getting into the data, when we start getting into their tools, when we, um, when we start developing or implementing, we'll discover this whole different opportunity that may sometimes be bigger than the one we started down. The client didn't know it was there or they knew it was there and it just felt like it was maybe something that they didn't have the resources or time or focus to deal with at that moment. Um, but it happens often and it could be something small or it could be something huge. Uh, you know, for instance, one client, um, you know, we, we started to spend, we're building a, a new website for them uh, on Shopify Plus. Uh, we were spending hours talking about return logistics uh, you know, with their distribution center team, with their technology team, finance, customer service. And at, at one point, it, it, came, it became very obvious to us that uh, it was much less expensive and a much better customer experience to have the customer actually hold on to the item they wanted to return, the company refund them, and then that kicked off a series of workflows and automations that offered that customer an incentive to come and shop with them again. So instead of this expensive, complicated return logistics and return process, we turned it into 
you know, just a great customer experience that ends up, you know, leading to multiple future purchases. Um, and so it worked out well for the client. It worked out well for the customer and you can't beat that sort of experience. And we, we, we run into those things very often because we do take a, a larger view of what's happening in the business. And it's a data-driven view. And so uh, we see behaviors over here that are impacted by something that's happening over here. And so um, when we can bring our suite of experts uh, you know, into the, into the picture and have these really uh, special conversations that, uh, you know, and, and come up with these hypotheses that we can test, um, it creates fantastic results for our customers and, and, and often, you know, leads to an end result the customer didn't have in their minds when we kicked this off. And so, you know, our process, uh, you know, it is built around data, it's built around the customer experience, and it's built around asking why. Because if we can understand why, um, then we can apply all sorts of different paths to get to that final destination that the customer is looking for. And, and you know, to your point earlier, um, sometimes there is no final destination, right? And, and often there's not. It is, uh, it, it's a journey and an evolution. It's not necessarily a destination. Um, Technology is always changing. Customer behaviors always changing. Um, loyalty has become harder and harder uh, to maintain, and so you have to continually test and learn. And everything you knew was true last week uh, is not necessarily true next week. And so having um, having people constantly thinking about the whys of your business and constantly. Uh, coming to the table with with uh, with tests and uh, and learnings and you know test and learn and and fail fast and fail cheap um, when you can when you can take that approach in everything you're doing it really opens up doors that you didn't even know were there before and that's how you get to that next level you test things that you didn't think were right for your business, right? Uh, you're seeing these, you know, digitally native brands using things like direct mail uh, and newspaper inserts and, uh, you know, TV ads. And, you know, there's a easy reason why they're doing that because your traditional media mix is still an effective tool to grow your business. And, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, digital, uh, you know, in quotes, um, that's all you think about. And it's, you know, we often see opportunities uh, around direct mail and, and how we can bring tools like that to a customer that just has built their business on Facebook ads and Google AdWords um, and email. I love that you bring up the why. Um, I think all of that was was absolutely fantastic. Um, all makes perfect sense, and I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head again. Where there isn't an end goal, and there isn't a like, if we just do this, that's going to be the silver bullet, and that'll finish it. But um, I, I studied psychology through college, so it's the why is is my favorite thing to talk about. 
It's not what you want. It's why you want it. Cause there's often a lot of different ways around this process, especially in e-commerce with the platforms, with the technology, everything changes so quickly that what you want may not be accurate. It's more of the why you want and then figure out the solution behind that. hundred percent. And, and I don't know, I think it maybe it was Steve jobs who had, uh, who had said he never wants to do focus groups, right? If you ask customers what they want, um, they don't know what they want, right? They have certain needs. Uh, they have certain things that they want to accomplish, but if they knew what they wanted, right, they'd be in Steve Jobs' shoes. And 100%. and so um, it, it's the same thing from a client's perspective, right? They they know their business, they know their product, their brand, um, but there's often things that you know are outside of their scope that um, you know outside parties can often help uh, you know enlighten them. Uh, and and, and uh, expose new opportunities to them to, you know, to, to grow their business and, and expand what they're doing. And that's why this e-commerce game is so fun because there is no one Absolutely. right answer. Everyone's trying to find Absolutely. the right answer for them. So let's, let's get into a couple closing questions here. Um, yeah. What is a piece of advice you would offer to an e-commerce brand um, who is trying, trying to scale? Let's do, let's do a, a real literal piece of advice. I know a lot yeah. of your, your practice is on scoping and trying to figure out those things, but what's something they can do implement in the next week to, to help them scale? Um, you know, look at um, adjacent brands, right? See what, what brands or businesses that are, you know, similar, uh, but different enough that they may be doing some things that you could take advantage of, right? So, you know, Obviously, recharge in the in the subscription business. Um, you know, they're understanding what uh, your your customers' core need might be. How do you build uh, a subscription product around you know your core business, your core customer? What do they need? It may be adjacent to what you're currently selling, uh, but that product creation. Maybe it's a service. Maybe it's a digital product. Maybe it's a physical product. But try to think about, um, you know, what is a what is a product that my customer needs that we can do really well that we can brand and make ours, but it also helps us continue a relationship with our clients. And you know, sometimes that's really hard to do. But I think when you start to bring in your merchandising, marketing product development teams, technology teams, and you challenge them and say, what is something we can do? Um, what is a product, you know, we can offer to our clients um, that will, you know, maintain loyalty, that will, um, you know, keep us in touch, that will, that they'll derive value from. Um, I think a lot of companies would be amazed when you get some of these cross-functional teams just ideating um, and, and, and thinking about things without restrictions. Um, and, and I think, you know, so, so my answer to that question would really be take a step back every now and then, take a holistic view, um, talk to people who are in the day-to-day -day of what you're doing and, and brainstorm a little without restrictions um, because you'll get some really incredible ideas. And now that the technology can help facilitate testing out those ideas, um, it, it becomes a game changer. That's great. That's a piece we have not heard before. So I love hearing that. Last question for you. What are uh, physical products that you subscribe to? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a 
box or 10 that shows up at my doorstep every day. Um, I'd say, uh, what are we getting now? We get flowers um, that uh, I order for my wife every month that, that come on subscription. Art. My son is a, loves fishing. He gets a tackle box of stuff every month. My daughter gets makeup and face products all the time. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. I, I, food, different food things that we, I don't even, I can't even keep track anymore. Um, <laughs> it's, it's become a little bit out of control, to be honest. So um, I, I may have to uh, take advantage of some of the uh, pause options that, that you guys offer at, at times because my house is just filled with everything and it's enough. I have a garage full of empty boxes. It's a good time to take a step back and look at your own life and your own family as a function of 100%. working, build some hypotheses yes. and see what works. I think that's a great idea. I definitely need to do that. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Chase. It's been great. We'd like to thank Jeremy once again for joining us. If you're interested in Maze Group, you can head over to themazegroup.com. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.